Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In Romans chapter 4, the Apostle Paul wrote about the faith of Abraham. He wrote about the faith of Abraham to say that the reason why Abraham was declared to be righteous was because he believed God. Now, I know that might sound simple to you. That may not be such a big deal. But I want you to understand that this is a big deal. The idea that someone would actually believe God is a big deal. Consider the people who are around you, the people who you know, the people who you interact with. Consider those people for just a moment. And I believe you will find that the majority of the people who you know, who you have had exposure to, Do not believe that there is a God. Do not believe that He is, that He exists. The vast majority of people who have lived in this world rejected the very existence of God. And then of those who do acknowledge that there is a God, how many of those people believe what He has had to say? How many of those people even believe the truths that He has revealed? Very few of those believe the truths that he has revealed. If you consider for just a moment all of the different denominations that exist and all the different churches that exist and all the different religions that exist who claim that they believe that there is a God and yet they have differences amongst each other. They do not all agree. Now, if you have 600 or 1,000 different Christian denominations, as an example, then that means that 999 out of 1,000 are not right. And if 999 different groups of Christians are not correct, then that leaves a very low probability that the one that remains is correct. So I want you to consider how serious this can be. Belief is very important. It means a lot. It's my opinion, it's my sincere belief that what people believe is everything. Whenever I ask somebody about their faith, I ask them, tell me about your faith. Tell me about your relationship with your God. What do people usually tell me? What, what is their response? The normal response is to tell me where they go to church or who their pastor is or what kind of music they listen to or what kinds of books they read. But that is not what I'm interested in. I want to know what is your relationship with your God. And that is determined not by where you park your bottom on Sunday morning or what you listen to or what you read. That is determined by who you know and what you believe. If you want to see a transformation in an individual, if you personally want to experience a transformation in who you are as a person, it is only going to be the result of what you believe. If you believe the truth that your God has revealed, and if you believe in him who has revealed it, then he will have the opportunity to do a work in you, in your heart. And so belief truly is everything. 
It really is. When Abraham was declared to be righteous because he believed God, it was not a small issue. It was a big issue. Consider Adam. Adam fell in the Garden of Eden because he did not believe God. That was why he fell in the Garden of Eden. The fall of humanity was not the result of Adam disobeying God and eating from the wrong tree. That certainly happened, but that was not the real issue. The real issue was that God told Adam that if he ate from that tree, he would die. The devil said, no, that's not true. And Adam decided to believe the devil instead of believing God. The real issue was belief. It was belief back then. It is belief now. And just as Adam fell in the Garden of Eden and he was no longer righteous before God because he did not believe God, so also Abraham was declared to be righteous with God because he did believe God. There was a beginning and there was an end. The beginning was the fall of humanity and the end was the revelation that humanity would have the opportunity to be reconciled to God because they believe as Abraham believed. Now, with Abraham, he was given a promise. He was given something to believe. God told Abraham that he would have a son. He told Abraham that he would make him into a great nation. He told Abraham that all of the families on the earth would be blessed because the living God would provide the Messiah through Abraham. These were promises that God made to Abraham, and Abraham believed what God said. Now, I think it's very unlikely that the Lord is going to come to you and tell you that he is going to make you into a great nation or that he's going to give you a son or that he is going to bring about the Messiah through you. He's obviously not going to say that. And so I want you to understand that what the Lord reveals to you is going to be unique to you. What he shares with you is going to be something that he shares with you. And it might be very similar to what he shares with somebody else, but that is not the real issue. The issue is, are you going to believe what your God reveals to you, or are you going to reject what he has revealed to you? This is a very important thing that I want you to get in touch with, and that is that your God has something to share with you. And when he shares that with you, what he wants you to do is believe him and trust him. And you will have an opportunity to be right with God through your belief and through your trust, not through your obedience or disobedience or repentance or commitment or devotion or sacrifice. None of these things mean anything. They don't mean anything. They mean absolutely nothing in the greater scheme of things because the real issue is that he is There is a God. He is, and he wants you to believe that he is who he is. This is what it all comes down to. Now, in the previous program, I explained the gospel from Romans chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. In the previous program, I was in Romans chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, and I was explaining in the previous program that the gospel has to do with sin and death and forgiveness and the restoration of life. Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden because he did not believe God. He did not believe God. He ate from the wrong tree and he experienced the penalty that God said he would experience. And that penalty was a spiritual death. It was not a physical death. It was a spiritual death. 
the life of God that was breathed into Adam to make him into a living being was withdrawn. And the absence of that life is the definition of death. He was dead to his God the moment that he ate from the wrong tree. Now, because of what he did, everyone who has been born since Adam has been born in the image of Adam, not in the image of God. Everyone has been born in the image of Adam, which is an individual who does not have the life of God within them. And so everyone has been born into this world spiritually dead without the presence of God within them. Now, when people are born into this world in this condition of being spiritually dead and they do not know the Lord, then what are they going to do? What are people going to do if they do not know the Lord, if they do not know God, if he is not within them, then all they have at their disposal is the world around them, the people around them, the circumstances around them. Now, if an individual does not have the presence of the Holy Spirit within them, then the living God is not going to be within them to provide them with what they truly need. Everyone has been created to have needs. We were created to have needs. You have needs. What are some of these needs? You have a need to be loved. You have a need to be accepted. You have a need for understanding and meaning and purpose in your life. These are some of the needs that you have. And what does the world have to say about these things? Well, the world is filled with all kinds of advertisements that suggests that if you do something, if you behave a certain way, if you acquire certain things, then you will be loved, then you will be accepted, then you will have meaning, then you will have purpose in your life. And all of these things are lies. They're total lies. When an individual pursues fulfillment for the deepest needs in their heart in the world, when a person does that, we end up engaging in sin. That's what happens. All sin is committed because an individual has a need for love and acceptance and meaning and purpose in their life. Everyone struggles with this. Everyone has been born into this world in this condition of emptiness because of what Adam did, and so everyone has been condemned to live a life like this because there is no other option. There is no other choice. This is how sin entered into the world because of the sin of Adam. The sin of Adam had consequences, and that consequence had to do with the absence of God in people's lives. With the absence of God in people's lives, they have no alternative but to pursue sin because they cannot pursue the Lord. And so this is how sin has entered into the world and why everyone engages in sin. It is because of the emptiness in their hearts the emptiness that is within them. Now, this is how sin spread to all people through Adam because of the decision that he had made. So everyone commits sin and everyone is responsible. Everyone is responsible for their own personal sin. You can't blame Adam for your sin. You are personally responsible for your own personal sin. And so because of that, you personally need forgiveness You need forgiveness for the sins that you have committed. And this is why our God manifested in the flesh, dwelt among us, lived among us, and he died on the cross so that he could die for the sins of humanity. He died for your sins to execute proper judgment for your sins so that the sin issue could be resolved. Justice would be served because he is a just God. 
He has resolved the matter himself because there was no way that we could resolve it ourselves. There was no way that we could possibly deal with the sin issue on our own. He had to deal with it on his own. There was no other way. So he forgave the entire world of all sin. The entire sin issue between God and the world, between God and humanity, came to an end when he died on the cross. He did that so that he could offer to everyone the Holy Spirit that had been lost in Adam. That is the good news. The good news is that Jesus died for the sins of humanity so he can offer to us the Holy Spirit that had been lost in Adam so that we could be resurrected by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We could be made alive and so we could begin, begin to have a personal interactive relationship with the true and living God so that he could reveal things to us We can believe him even more, and through that we can have a mutual, engaging relationship with the living God, the one who has created all things, the one who has done all things. Now, what I want you to understand is that there are some things that he has revealed to us already, and we have these things recorded in the Bible, in the scriptures. There are many things that he has revealed. But there are many more things that he will reveal, but these things will be individual things that he will reveal to people on an individual level, in a personal way, one person to another. Now, what most people are aware of is that we have a physical death that we are all going to experience. There is physical death in the world. And in many cases, that's what people believe. They believe that the result of the fall of humanity, the result of the fall of Adam, is physical death, that that apparently is the punishment. People do not take the spiritual death seriously. They do not even consider that to be a reality in many cases. Many people assume that it was a physical death that God was talking about when he said that in the day that you eat from the wrong tree, in that day you will surely die. But the physical death of Adam happened about 930 years later. That happened much later. Certainly, that was something that entered into the picture. That's something that became a part of everyone's life. I understand that. But that is not the real issue. That is an issue, but it's not the real issue when it comes to the gospel. Now, many people are focused on this, and I understand that. And it is important, but it's not as important as the spiritual death. Now, I need you to understand this, and that is that if you do not understand the differences between spiritual death and physical death, you are not going to be able to fully appreciate what Paul wrote in the book of Romans in chapter 5 between verses 11 and 21. You're not going to be able to understand what he's really talking about, especially after he just got finished explaining the gospel in the context of the restoration of the life of God to deal with the spiritual death problem. You're not going to understand what he says afterwards unless you appreciate that. You must recognize that there are many truths that God wants to reveal to you and to everyone that requires people to understand other things first. You cannot understand some things unless you understand other things first. There are many things that the Lord has revealed to us that are like this. Consider the struggle that people have between law and grace. There is no way that I can truly explain the freedom that we have from the law until a person understands forgiveness. 
There is no way that a person can understand that, in my opinion. There is no way that a person can truly understand the nature of the war that we are in unless you understand the struggle between law and grace. And you cannot understand the struggle between law and grace until you understand forgiveness. So there are many things, many things, that require an understanding of other things if you want to know what these things are. That's just the way things are. So also it is like that right here. It is like that right here in Romans chapter 5. And I know this because in my life I've been to many Bible studies. I've heard many people talk about Romans chapter 5. And whenever they get to these verses, between verse 11 and 21 especially, they have no idea what is being said here. And the reason why I can say that with great confidence is because I could see it in their eyes. I could hear it in what they would have to say. They know that something is here, but they just can't quite put their finger on it. They can put their finger on the page, but they can't put their finger on the truth that is in the page. And this is why. The reason why is because people are so preoccupied with the physical death that they have forgotten, if not completely ignored, the spiritual death of humanity and the resolution to that that God has provided. Everyone is so busy, so busy trying to figure out how to stay physically alive that they do not understand the importance of spiritual death and spiritual resurrection. And this is why people have been confused about these verses in the scriptures. And I can say that with great confidence because I've encountered many people, many people who are confused. And they tell me that they know that something is here but they just can't quite figure it out. And even when I try to explain it, they still don't understand. And the reason why they don't understand, of course, is because they don't understand the gospel that he explained in verses 9 and 10. And the reason why they don't understand the gospel that he explained in verses 9 and 10 is because they do not understand forgiveness. Now, I, of course, did a complete study on the subject of forgiveness. I would like to encourage you to listen to that study. It's available for free on the Internet in my radio archive. You can contact me for audio CDs. I want you to consider listening to that series very carefully from start to finish if you have not heard it, because this is the foundation for everything in the scriptures, the foundation for everything. Now, beginning in Romans chapter 5, verse 11, it says, And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. We have received reconciliation because he died for our sins. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. In verse 12, it says that sin entered into the world. It did because of what Adam decided. And death through sin, everyone has been born into this world spiritually dead because of Adam's sin. And everyone's sin that they commit afterwards is confirmation to show their condition of being spiritually dead and can be used to demonstrate to anyone who has any question about it that sure enough, they are spiritually dead. In verse 13, it says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. 
Well, he's referring to the law of Moses, that the law of Moses had not been given yet, and so there was no way to judge people on the basis of the law of Moses. The Lord did exercise judgment, especially through the flood of Noah, but that's not what he's talking about. He's showing that even though they did not have the law of Moses, even though they didn't have it, there was still sin, it was still in existence, and it was a reflection of the emptiness in the hearts of the people. In verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam. So even though you didn't eat from the wrong tree, you were still guilty of sin. You were still accountable. You were still responsible. Death reigned from Adam until Moses. In fact, it still reigned from Moses until Jesus. He didn't include that here, but I want you to understand that death continued to reign, and the reason why is because there was no law that was given that said, if you obey, you will be resurrected. If you obey, the Holy Spirit will be returned to you. There was no law that said that. So he's referring to Moses to say that death reigned and continued to reign between Adam and Moses, even though there was no law. It didn't matter because people were spiritually dead anyway. But even from Moses to Jesus, death continued to reign. And for those who have rejected the gospel, death continues to reign over them and will continue to rule over them and reign over them until they repent and believe that they have been forgiven, that God has offered them the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life, and they receive it, then they will be resurrected and then death no longer rules over them. Again, in verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. And so he's beginning to make the comparison between Adam and Jesus. Sin entered into the world and spread to all people because of the decision of the one man, Adam. Righteousness can now be given and spread to all people because of the decision of the one man, Jesus. Now, it's not completely the same, of course, because everyone experienced the punishment that Adam experienced, but not everyone is going to be able to experience the reconciliation that was provided by the Lord Jesus because not everyone is going to believe. And so there are some differences, and he is making the comparison here. Continuing in verse 15, it says, But the free gift is not like the transgression, for if by the transgression of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. And it does abound to many, but in this case it only abounds to those who are willing to receive the free gift of the grace of God. In verse 16, the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression, resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions, resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life 
through the one Jesus Christ. So then as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, even so the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, going back up to verse 20, it says, The law came in so that the transgression would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Do you see that? The law was given so that sin would increase. So death reigned from Adam until the law. And then the law was given so that sin would increase. Not so that there would be a solution to the death problem. It was given in order to exaggerate and to show and to demonstrate to individuals in a personal way that they had some serious problems that needed to be resolved. The law was given so that sin would increase in people's lives. It would increase so that people would see their condition. So they would turn to the Lord for the provision that he would eventually give. And that was given when Jesus came. And so between the time of the law and Jesus, death continued to reign. It continued to reign and the sin of humanity was further increased through the giving of the law. When the provision was made through the Lord Jesus dying on the cross, then people had the opportunity to choose to believe God or not to believe their God. They needed to believe that Jesus provided forgiveness. If they didn't believe that Jesus provided for forgiveness, then there was no way that they were going to believe that Jesus also provided the Holy Spirit that had been lost in Adam to resolve the spiritual death of humanity. And if they didn't believe that, then there was no way that they could be saved. But you, you can believe that now. So between the time of Jesus and now, death continues to reign in people's lives with the exception of those people who will believe what God has said. And when you believe, then he can give you the free gift of the Holy Spirit, which will resurrect you from the dead. And I will explain this further in the next broadcast. You've been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,